Welcome to The Gathering Place, a Blessed is She podcast. We're so glad you're here. Come chat with us about Jesus, prayer, community, and life. So let's get started. Hey, Beth. Hey, Jenna. How are you? (laughs) Feeling great. How's that cough drop? Well, if I could unwrap it, it would be great. I'm glad you and Father Innocent both need cough drops, and I'm surrounded by you. Cough buddies. You make noise. (laughs) No, do not do that. (laughs) Absolutely not. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) I just kind of tuck it in my cheek. All right, that's good advice. Officially tucked in. Maybe you could try it on your podcast. <laughs> Do you the noise? Father Angel, no, Father Angel and I definitely have cough drops, and Father Mark Mary is like, seriously, you're like making noise. Yeah, I, you got to get the tuck. You got to just keep it there like a little chipmunk. <laughs> okay, I'm focused. I'm ready. Well, welcome <laughs> to the gathering place, Father Innocent. We are so so glad that you're here. I am so excited and so humbled. This is going to be so fun. Agreed. Can you introduce yourself? I would love to. Let's get my cough drop. Talk. <laughs> um, my name is Father Innocent Montgomery. I am a Franciscan friar of the Renewal, 35 years old. Is that is, yeah? Given all, given yeah, all the, there you go. <laughs> given all that. the details. Yeah. <laughs> I am the youngest person at this table. No, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just no I'm younger. Jenna's younger. I'm just kidding. Father, <laughs> there was an article written about me a couple of years ago, and they said I was three years older than I was. That hurt. So I have a little bit of still not over it. Yeah, <laughs> as you can tell. PTSD. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm coming from Harlem, New York City. I'm a consecrated Franciscan Father Renewal and a priest. I've been a priest since 2016. I moved from Nebraska, my hometown, Lincoln, Nebraska. I moved in 2007 to the big city of New York City, Concrete Jungle. I've just been absolutely blessed to be a friar, to be a priest. I love every minute of it. It's crazy and it's an adventure. And sometimes I'm, most days I'm in, I have experiences. I'm like, how did I get here? Mm, I get up in the morning and I see this gray, you know, crazy habit hanging in my room and living in this crazy city with amazing brothers and living a life of prayer and service of the poor. And so it's just a wild adventure. And that's why we think we're here. We're in uh, Phoenix doing a little parish mission this week. So Mm -hmm. it's awesome. I was telling Jenna all about your amazing talk last night, night one. You can actually watch it on YouTube at St. Teresa's Phoenix YouTube channel. I was trying to explain to Jenna how incredible and charming <laughs> and adorable your intro was when you were explaining yourself from Nebraska coming into <laughs> the concrete jungle. Can do you, you want me just, to do it? Yes, I desperately want you to do it. Because I'm, so- I'm in like this excitable young like a little white kid yeah. from Nebraska, like, yeah. hey, everybody, you know, like, <laughs> can I have a hug? You know, kind of one of those things. And yeah. then I walk into like the, the Bronx, right? They're the homeless shelter. You have like these pretty intense situations. And I'm like, it's just so funny. I'm like, you know, like, hi, hey, how are you? Good to see you. Like, you know, like, give, like, how about a side hug? You know, yeah. like, people are like, don't touch me. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> like, no, I mean, it's funny. It's like intense, but it's just like you learn very quickly. I'm like, oh, this is not the Midwest. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so there's just like the, the happy, yeah. the happy little kid is like, you know, like faces reality in New York City. So, but I've learned. <laughs> talk to young, talk to young kids from the Bronx, and I'm like, just happy. And then like using my hands, they're like, yeah, don't do that. Mm. When people use their hands, it scares us. Wow. Keep, keep your hands down. Like all this stuff. I'm yeah. like, okay. So, you know, so like hands behind the back, you know. Wow. But it's. I've adjusted. Yeah. I like, I like to think I'm kind of from the hood now. Oh, <laughs> and it shows. <laughs> has, has being there made you like hard at all? 
That's a good question because I don't, you know, I, I like to think as we grow and like who we are and like the gift of a vocation, we be we become more who we are. And yes. so, but you do have to like when I worked at the homeless shelter, I worked at the homeless shelter for eight years. The last three years of that, I lived full time. So I think you learn how to be a father. I think you learn how to be a good father, but also a strong father. Yeah. yeah. Right. So like, um, you, there's just so many experiences. We have to like step into a place. And you have to be strong and you have to set boundaries and you have to love people in that way. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what I've learned is that, you know, you have to do that or they're going to just run right, run right over you. Yeah. So that's been a, a good challenge for me because I don't like to say no. I don't like to like, you know, at the homeless shelter particularly, like you, you have to set really strong boundaries. You might have to give people a night out, like all these different things. Yeah. So that's not the easiest thing, but it's as a good father, you have to like step into that place and be confident. So I've grown a lot. I mean, what a word about just the masculine heart in general to mm. become strong and not hard. Yeah, that's the, that's totally. the, because the, yeah. if they trust you, they'll follow you anywhere. If mm. they love you, they'll follow you anywhere. So, it, but it's the, it's the, the strength and the courage that comes out because it, sometimes the, the, the most loving thing is not necessarily easy or it's not, yeah. you know, it's not, doesn't look nice on the outside, but to say, Hey, listen, I love you enough to do this or to set this boundary for you, you know, to kind of push back a little bit. And as religious, it's just good to know that, that you don't, you're not born like this. Mm. Just like you have to become a father and a mother and you grow into it from, from you know, your first child to your, your fifth. You've learned mm. a lot. Yes. Right? And so you, the, Jesus gives us permission to like learn, mm. right? So that's, that's an incredible gift where I, wasn't, I'm, I definitely wasn't who I was like, you know, 10 years ago. Yeah. And so it's the fatherly heart and, and it awakens something in us. And so there's something like, whoa, like this is good. This is real. This love is real. Mm. And yeah, it's such a, such a gift. And you're living this fatherly heart in a very particular way in your work with the postulants, right? Yeah. So I'm the, I'm the postulant director three years ago. They asked me to do this and it's like, it was, I'm so humbled and so grateful, but it was like a thing I was living, I was living the life at the homeless shelter. Mm-hmm. You know, I, they could have forgot about me my whole life and just left me there. I was actually living with the homeless, 30 homeless men, but we had a little discernment program on the top floor. So I, I started, it was beautiful. Men could come and live with us a year. A year. Mm-hmm. They live a life of prayer and, and formation, and then, and then they serve the poor. Wow. And so I, was, I started that, and I was walking with these young men. A lot of them were discerning our way of life. So mm-hmm. it, was, it was just really beautiful, and they would go to Pashanti and would see them off, you know. And then I got the call. They were like, oh, by the way, <laughs> would, you lo- you know, would you love to do this for our own community? I was like, and it was such a gift, but it's just so different. Because mm. I often joke that I feel like I'm a stay-at-home dad, mm-hmm. you know. Because um, it's one thing to like kind of be on the front lines, but it's another thing to say, okay, like, will you come teach this? Mm. Like, will you come inspire to, to live it? And here, that's the thing. I absolutely love being a friar. I love being a priest, but I love being a formator. Is is because I love being a friar, mm. right? It's like you can't just like, okay, let me teach the life, and you like sit in a classroom, like you catch a cold. I think I think our life is caught. Mm. I think the faith is too, like it first yeah. has to be in the heart and attractive. Mm. We have to live an attractive Christianity, just like we have to live an attractive consecrated life. And then young men are like, okay, like, I don't know like how to do this. I'm at the very beginning, but somehow I want it to look like that or I want to experience it that way. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the method is that first it has to be on our own hearts. That makes sense. And then it's just absolute joy just to walk with young men in the interior life, teaching mm. them how to pray, blessing them in their identity and living our mission, right? Um, working with the poor and, and evangelization. Because working with the poor is like one of the most 
incredible, exhilarating um, adventures, but it's hard, mm. right? Because what we face every day, we're like in, I invite guys to like this place of, of where Jesus, where Jesus's own heart was attractive to the outskirts, to the darkness, to the struggle. And we want to meet people there and love people there and yeah, love people back to life. Mm. But it's hard, right? Like, what do you say? How do you do it? Like, what's the point? Right. Yeah. I think we'll probably talk a little bit about this in this podcast, but like, it's not just about like fixing people. Yeah. Okay. Like, I, cause I can't rescue you. Like I can't make your drug addiction go away. But what I can give you is the gift of what I've been given and bless you with the truth about who you are, that you're lovable. And I see you and I want to be here because that's the heart of Jesus. That's just manifested and through, through all of our missions. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's such, there's a gift there to teach our, our young Pashlam brothers, like how to live this way and, and live from this place of, of what Jesus desires to do in our own hearts so we can do that for others. As you were talking, and we we did Q&A earlier, yes, which I'm did. so was appreciative awesome. of. Thank you so much for doing that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was thinking about Acts 3 when Peter and John are going up in the temple. Oh, I love it. And Peter says to a beggar, so starting at verse 2, a man unable to walk was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful. Wow. Okay. He had been that way since he was born. <laughs> Every day someone put him near the gate. There he would beg from people going into the temple courtyards. So he then sees Peter and John about to enter, and he asks them for money. And Peter says back to him, I don't have any silver or gold, but I'll give you what I do have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. I don't know. It just it made me think of you a couple of times, I, just while you're talking and not even what you just said, like we we don't have all of the physical means, the practical means. Only the Lord can save you. But what I do have is this gospel and this truth um, of Jesus Christ who loves you and who will give you life. And that is everything to be able to say to someone, no matter poor or rich, you know, in in all of those ways to just say, I don't have anything, but I have everything. I have Hmm. the answer. Yeah, it's so well said. I I don't have anything, but I have everything. And and that everything is a present. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. So that's like, that's, that's the gift. Right. And, and, and that's the gift of, of any discipleship or any evangelical life is that, um, and that's what St. Francis was the, the heart of his, the heart of his call was to be the presence of Jesus. And again, he would, we were using modern church language to talk about this, mm-hmm. but like, it wasn't like a program. Yes. It wasn't like a, you know, a step process. It was a presence. Like I, he was the presence of Jesus. Yes. Right. And, and Peter and John walking in the temple, like there was there was some serious grace going on there. The Holy Spirit, there was a serious anointing and it wasn't just about like, oh, this is what you guys do. Okay, so like you pray and you do this. Like it's not about like doing. Yeah. It's about it's about like a manifestation of the heart of Jesus, the presence mm-hmm. of Jesus. And that's what's beautiful because then it makes evangelization, it makes, it makes discipleship pretty simple. I'm not saying it's easy, but it's pretty simple. There's a real concrete invitation to our own daily contemplative intimacy with the living God and how, again, with, with the word of God. And then it, then everything just, just kind of flows over or kind mm-hmm. of explodes. These are big words kind of explodes, explodes out from there. Right. Cause we've all met people before. You're like, there's something going on there. Yes. This is not just, Oh, he didn't just give a talk. There was fire there. Totally. Right. Yeah. There was fire. <laughs> That's even our even the evangelical discipleship life where we're going for is to become that fire, become the presence. Mm-hmm. So you're using this this word, this buzzword for us, that we kind of want to define our season. We want to talk about evangelization, but 
I think we kind of have to start with this place of defining evangelization. I'm not sure we even understand what that means or, or <coughs> requires of us. I think you gave the answer actually before, but let's maybe talk about what evangelization is not. Yeah, totally. That's actually a good place to, to kind of like start defining, right? Because I think evangelization is not what Catholics or, or Christians do. Mm. Like it's not just, it's not functional. It's not like this, this way of like, okay, so like I have my prayer life and then, you know, I have my family or my community and then like, oh man, the, the gospel tells me like, oh, I have to do the corporal works of mercy. Okay. So I'm going to like go feed the hungry or, or go clothe the naked or visit the person in prison. So it, it can't be defined um, about like just kind of a mere pragmatism, right? And that that's, sorry, that's a big word, but just saying that like, it's not just functional, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And, and the temptation in this crazy world we live in is it's all about, okay, hey, hi, my name is Father Innes. Okay, so what do you do? It's really difficult because it's all about kind of what's measured and what's what's successful. And like, here's what the world tells us. Like, okay, so you, in order to be a good blank, like a good businessman or a good athlete, here's what you have to do. Right. And so I think it's just good to start there. We're not talking about the the function of Christianity. Mm -hmm. It can be just dangerous. Yeah. I think there's just an identity crisis of some kind Mm -hmm. where we only find our value in what we we do. do. And I think the same is said for being a Christian. I mean, I've said this for such a long time. I'm like, I don't know all the virtues. I don't know all the everything in, in the catechism and I don't know. So there's not value to what I do. There's not as much value as someone who's holier than I am, you know? Yeah. Or like legitimacy. Yeah. Totally. It's not as pure or effective maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I I totally agree. I think it's an identity crisis. And I think sometimes what's even more difficult is that the identity crisis is actually like in the grasping of some of spiritual things even. Mm. Yes. Like, like there's an over-spiritualization and, and a lack of humanity. I don't want to call out certain groups, but um, I, as we've done on our podcast. <laughs> um, but I don't want to be provocative or controversial here. Um, but I think the danger is, is that like if I can just do with some spiritual program, then yes. I'm going to be holy. Yeah. And then that's going to that's gonna like define my interior life, my Catholic life. Yeah. And that's just super dangerous because, again, it's the identity crisis. You can't start there. Like you can't just start by going down to the to the temple and start healing people. Mm. Like the starting place for Peter and John or is yes. is radically different than just being like, okay, well, like, you know, like I suddenly woke up with this charism and I'm like, okay, so I guess I'll go heal people. That's like not how that works. Yeah. That's so or good. like fasting or even like the spiritual programs. And again, I, I don't mean to sound critical, but like sometimes prayer, it's just one one thing they do. Like, okay, so we have prayer, and then we have fasting, and then we have all these different things. Whoa. Like, prayer is just not one, like, one of many things we do as Catholics. Yeah. Like, prayer is the heart. It's the core. It's, it's the beating heart of everything that pumps our life full of, of meaning and intimacy and, and of mm-hmm. God. <laughs> so that's the identity crisis. I think is even in the spiritual life, we have to, like, do things. Mm-hmm. I have to make myself better. I have to prove myself that I'm lovable for God. I have to get rid of this sin. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And I was talking to Father Parks about this. Like, we were talking about, like, the just different ministries or different, like, yeah, different charisms in the church. Like, we just have to be careful because, like, you, if you start from the back end with, like, okay, I'm going to do pro-life ministry. Yeah. Or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do, like, jail ministry. I'm going to do other, like, minis- whatever the ministry is. 
and then it becomes like kind of an ideology where we start emphasizing, you know, non-essential things. And it becomes like, oh, no, no, this is what I do. This is, this is who I am. Yeah. But it's not bearing fruit. It just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Right? So again, it's just saying that we have an identity crisis until we shift away from the doing and, and, the, and the grasping and thinking that I have to define myself with, with all these spiritual things or other, otherwise. It's, it's not going to bear fruit. I loved that heart imagery about mm-hmm. pumping. I just think that's huge to think nothing in my whole body even or in the body of work I do or anything in my life is actually going to work or bear fruit if my heart is not pumping. And what makes my heart pump is prayer and the Lord. That is where all of my blood flows. That is where life exists. Yeah. Nothing in the body of Christ will work if the people aren't praying. Exactly. And you can, you can, I mean, we've all had that experience and you can tell, right? And I think here's the thing, the invitation, that's why it's so exciting to talk about evangelization or like the evangelical life is because here's the thing, until we're like, this is, this is not me. I'm stealing this quote, but I just don't know who said it. (laughs) Until we're willing to waste time on prayer, um, you know, we'll never grow in intimacy with God. Yes. Right. Because sometimes people are like, oh, like I just get my prayer done and then I have to go do all these things. It's just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, I, I love some people ask this as far as like, so what do you guys do? Oh yeah, we were consecrated for prayer. Yeah. Right. And, and we've had, God, God bless like all diocesan priests, but we've had diocesan priests tell us before. And again, they just said, it's just a fundamental misunderstanding of religious life. They're like, well, what do you guys do? Why do you take parishes? Because like our, our, our diocese is like parishes are being shut down and the CFRs just kind of sit around all day. Oh, wow. Thanks. <laughs> I'm like, Father, like, and, I, and I, I, respect, I respect all priests and I love all priests, but I was like, Father, you just misunderstand. Mm. Like we're consecrated for prayer and we actually really believe our own contemplative life and our own contemplative intimacy as a community. We spend a lot of time in prayer is because this is what's saving me, but this is the heart that gets to be pumped out right? And the well will grow dry. The well will go dry if you don't do this. And if you don't live from this place we talked about on the question and answer, there's a place of prayer where this, this well just wells up to eternal life. Mm. But if you're not constantly going back there, we become just like anybody else. We just become like the world, like, okay, well, like there's a problem, fix it. You know, or like, and we just become functional reactionary. And that's just not the gospel. Mm-hmm. Right, so the invitation to, to, to waste time in prayer, to spend more time in prayer, to fall in love with the Word of God, right, and, and live from that place of power. Like, this is the place, this is life. I just don't think we believe <laughs> that prayer works. Yeah, Like, totally. prayer is not as effective as my doing. Yeah. There's so much to do. And I don't even mean ministry or mission. I mean, I mean moms, teachers. There's just so much to do. So how can wasting time in prayer make any of that go away yeah i mean that's i, I think it's a crisis of faith totally yeah do we really believe and i we were talking about this in the question and answer i don't know if people watch these things so are referring to these that. people do yes you do <laughs> yes um but i think i think we have to it's like a double down on the faith like this actually like last night at the mission i was like okay we lord we double down on the promise that you're here mm. that you're alive yes and that you love you hear my voice and you like hearing my voice yeah right and that's like every day i'm like lord you love to hear my voice and in you know like you love looking at me like we have to have this relationship with the living god right i think we're invited into that faith and that confidence but also i think it's renouncing the lies 
I do a lot of unbound ministry with people and healing and deliverance with people. And when we start renouncing the lies, the first, one of the first num- now, uh, lies I renounce is that prayer doesn't work. Mm-hmm. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie. Wow. The prayer, this prayer doesn't work. Wow. Because you know people are in it. Like they're in it like, oh, was this work? Is this really going to help? Or, wow. You know, like, so you just renounce it. Like, because it's, it's an absolute lie, right? Like prayer is always faithful. I like it. I get tired when Posh, I meet with Poshlint and, and they're just wonderful. But like when you grow in your prayer life, it should be, it becomes more about just being with the Lord and, and living in relationship rather than like how I feel about it. Mm. Right. Like use the, mm. if you use the, like the paradigm of, of marriage, right? Like it becomes so much deeper than like me coming home and be like, oh, this is so great. You know, <laughs> like, like, oh, there's so much consolation. Jenna's but, still in that place. Yeah. She oh, comes for home. sure. Mike, you're amazing. For sure. You're absolutely amazing. But there's, it's something deeper. Yes. Right. So even in prayer, like I always tell the patients, guys, first of all, turn off the judgment thing. Like, mm-hmm. do you ever sit and like, oh, like, do you ever worry about with Mike constantly? Like every single day? Oh, okay. Like, did that work? Was that like how he feels, how I feel? Just be together. Yes. Right? When you're in love, you kind of turn off the judgment sw- switch. Trust. And mm-hmm. receive. Okay, this is a this is an absolute gift, and I'm just going to receive the way you love me, and you're mm-hmm. going to receive the way I love you, and it becomes more about the communion rather than my judgment of whether it's good or bad or like am I doing this right? Yeah. So I was so passionate. It's like stop. Mm-hmm. You're invited into an incredible intimacy with God, and you just need to receive it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what people don't believe is that it's possible or I'm doing it wrong, and it's just a joy to invite people to like a new way of experiencing that. It's the perseverance, it's the act of faith, and it's just the receiving of the absolute mm-hmm. blessing that we have a God who sees and loves you and deeply desires to, to live in like this daily intimacy with you. I think another obstacle to evangelization. I love even talking though about obstacles. I want to be talking about what we were just talking about forever and ever. Amen. <laughs> intimacy with the Lord in prayer is... It's the only way. It's everything. Amen. Literally. <laughs> It's the, like, I plant my flag in the ground. <coughs> yes. Yeah. Intimacy is for you, you know? But I do think, second to people aren't praying, because they don't believe the Lord is for them and wants mm-hmm. intimacy with them, is that I think there can be an obstacle because we think we don't know enough. We don't know yeah. our faith well enough mm-hmm. to share the faith. Yep. I don't even like using that word, like, share the faith. Mm. Jen is so good at just making it practical mm-hmm. and, like, normal. Yeah. Like, just talk to your friend about prayer. Just ask how prayer is going. Mm-hmm. What are you reading in scripture right now? Oh, yeah, totally. I know we talked about evangelization as a charism, really being more about sharing with non-Christians. But I think I think there are plenty of baptized Catholics warming the pews or missing the pews, you yeah. know, who could be invited into a conversation about the Lord. I agree. I think just to make some distinctions here, when we're talking about the charism of evangelization, that's like a really, I think, a distinct manifestation of the Holy Spirit that has an attraction to taking the gift of our faith to non-Catholics, mm-hmm. right? But what we're, I think we're talking about is the fullness of living our baptism. Yes. And so there's that distinction. So we're talking about being a, living an evangelical life, living as, as an evangelist, right? And that's always, that's for everyone, mm-hmm. right? And, and hanging out with priests in Phoenix, Father Parks, like he lives and breathes this. One thing that I think is just super important to say is that there's there's a journey to, to receiving this and in and to living it in it, living it in its fullness, and that's what we talked about. Where the the reason why that everybody has access to the grace of living the evangelical life is because we are all called to relationship. 
you don't first have to worry about like, okay, what am I going to say? Mm-hmm. Or am I read up enough in the catechism or am I well read? Because to be honest, guys, like I'm not well read. I like, it's so funny. People talk about like all these different like books they're reading and, and they're up, up on the new like evangelization method and like preaching and things like that. I said last night in my talk, like guys, I got, I'm like, I, like, I got nothing. All I can tell you is like what Jesus has done for me yes. and like what he's moved me to, to experience as I, as I live my priesthood. Right. And I'm like tearing up up there. Like, and this is all I got. Like, but I am yeah. like, I, all I got going for me is I deeply believe this like, yes. and I've deeply experienced it. So relationship is the access point. Mm-hmm. It's not about what we do. It's not about the method we're going to use. It's not about like, okay, I have to teach this, preach this, or I have to like somehow memorize every scripture passage in the Bible about apologetics, or I'm sitting on the plane next to someone and like, okay, well, you're non-Catholic, so get out, go to that Rolodex in my mind. Like, okay, here's what I say to non-Catholics, because that's not what we're talking about. Okay, so the access point is relationship, right? Before you can start talking about even identity, even any type of mission or evangelization, the access point is relationship. And this is where we need to plant. This is the, the, the place where we grow roots, mm-hmm. right? Because we're made for communion. We're made for this relationship that the God, the, 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 the Holy Trinity lives inside of us, right? And, and he has a deep desire to, to, to be intimate with us, right? I think that's what we waste our time on. And that's what we proclaim from the rooftops that we are made for communion and relationship. And from this place, our whole life makes sense. Mm. From this place, we receive the gift of our identity, our inheritance, and then we can go out and, and let our lives overflow. And if you look at the saints, come on, like their lives were overflowing from this place because they lived a radical intimacy with God, radical relationship with God. And it was the center of everything. Mm-hmm. The other day. Well, my girls are, I don't know if this is like normal, but they're going through like phase of just asking a lot of questions. And I'm like, wow, I need to study the catechism more, you know, (laughs) you know, just a lot of questions about other religions and how do we know this is true and all of that on Sunday. Okay. Well, firstly, I was like with my daughter who's asking a lot of questions. I gave her answers. My husband might gave her answers. And then I was like, let's just pray. That's awesome. So my husband got his guitar and he learned a couple of worship songs over the past year or so. And we just worshiped together. And while we were worshiping, I like got a scripture verse and read it out loud to her. And it was all about just faith and belief. And I think I have this hope in me that even if I don't have all the answers for her, that this is something that she will like take in and let take root in her heart. Even when we don't have the answers, we're believing in faith Mm. and we're worshiping and praising the God of the universe on the cross. And yeah, I think that's the hope of, of most parents. But you were, you were never more a mother at that point. Yeah. When you realize, you realize and, and through the grace of it all, that it's not just about getting the right answer, but it's like, let's pray. Yes. Because what, what's, what the access point becomes then is your own relationship, your, your right. Mike's own relationship, right? And, and the prayer, we're like, how is that not the best answer? How is that? Yeah. That's what forms. Yes. Mm. Right, because you're inviting people. That, and again, intercession or, or motherhood becomes a place of invitation into. Yeah. Wow. Right, so you're like opening this place, like, let's pray, Lynn, let's invite you. So you're inviting your daughter into your own prayer life, mm-hmm. this sacred place, and Mike's doing the same thing. Yeah. I mean, that is, how is that? You can't get more evangelical than that. Yeah. yeah. What's beautiful is that I don't have the experience of us doing that most times. Yeah. And when I'm not I'm talking about us around this table, but like, you know, like, what if we just did that more? Just like, you know what? Like, there's an evangelical space, I'm, we call it, where it's just like the most beautiful 
experience of, of evangelization you can give someone is being like, let's pray, and you can open up your heart to them. You guys would be no more mothers in that place of like, okay, like I might not have the answers, but I'm going to pray, and we're just going to let Jesus be here and speak. That's the gospel. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's this, I don't know if it's fear or <coughs> pride that when someone comes to us with their question, with their need, with their brokenness, and we feel like we have to fix it. We have to have the right answer to make the pain go away. But we say this all the time. The answer is a person. Yeah, It's know. just Jesus. It's an encounter with Jesus. Getting away from the answers and fixing and rescuing. Mm-hmm. I think that's just the incredible freedom. Even ourselves, getting away from having to fix and Ourselves. find answers totally. in our own prayer. Totally. Yeah. totally. It's all about relationship. Mm-hmm. And it's our relationship with Jesus. And if we just live from this place, yeah, I think our vocations would be different. I think yes. evangelization starts from this place, ends from this place. It's if we could use the heart, the pump that pumps everything forward. And and I think as a priest, if, in my own experience, but if, if we just th- think about this, like, we find this place of relationship, we find this place of prayer, and we experience it, we receive it, we, we live in this place of love. And then I think our, our own examination of conscience every night or our own pre- preparation for confession is probably repenting for every time we don't live there. Mm-hmm. Right? Because we, when we take ourselves out of relationship, we disorient ourselves, we look for answers every, everywhere else or coping mecha- mechanisms everywhere else or pride, I'm going to do it myself. And Jesus is like, no, no, no. So we repent and we're forgiven to reorient and to live in this place of intimacy. This is the fountain, right? Or the, the place of, that everything pumps from. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's as simple as that. When we sin or when the temptations are real to, to look for our fulfillment or our, the answer somewhere else, then we're just like, no, 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 the Lord's like, come on, come back. Mm-hmm. This is kind of the only thing that really makes sense is when we live from this place of relationship. When you were talking <clears throat> earlier today on Q&A about having like a a word, something to come mm. back to in that language of like coming back, turn around. I was just thinking it's like a radical reorientation, mm. right? We've like lost the gaze. We've forgotten. We're trying to fix. We're trying to figure it out. But we like have to remind our heart to like reorient, like come back. Yeah. And, and I think I, that's mm-hmm. living. The living word is so important, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I know, I know it blessed is she, which just really moves me that the word of God is so important, right? Mm-hmm. And I have... Not the after show and tell, but like my <laughs> little prayer rope. There's 33 little beads on here for the life of Jesus. This is kind of an Eastern thing. Yeah. Wow. But like I carry this around with my living word, right? So the word can change every day. Um, but I, I suggest that we find a word that gives us access, right? So if we all have a personal relationship with Jesus yeah. and it reveals like the way Jesus loves us and it usually opens up a particular scripture, you know, and, and so we need to say that. We need to activate that truth every day. So, mm. like, I just literally say that, like, you know, all the time. I walk around and just say that word. Mm. Um, and this is a very, like, Eastern father thing. But for our sake here, I think it's important because I think, like, what reminds us about re- the relationship that we're in with with God? Yeah. I mean, our minds are going to be filled with something. Mm-hmm. Right? And and so why, like, why not to try to stay in that place? And you don't have to say like a thousand times a day, but like, let's say you're distracted and you say the prayer word. Just for instance, a, a beautiful one to start with is like that Jesus' own baptism. You are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Mm-hmm. And you switch it, right? I am mm-hmm. the, I am the, your beloved in whom you're well pleased. Mm-hmm. And you're claiming the truth about yourself, but the heavens open. I had a friend who just, who would just look up, right? Mm-hmm. Mark's gospel says the heavens opened and they don't shut. Mm-hmm. Right, so he would just look up and he'd be like, "I am your beloved son." Wow! Right, and then it just mm-hmm. gave him that it just reoriented. Mm-hmm. 
when we ever we fear we experience fear anxiety we reorient but the gospel truth the, the scriptural truth helps us do that and it's worth fighting for because if we're going to be effective evangelists and and to proclaim the, the good news of jesus christ and and his presence and intimacy into the world is that we have to live there yeah it's the most worthy battle we can fight is to live there and to drink from there every moment of the day mm-hmm. let's pray Father, would you mind closing us in prayer? The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Father in heaven, thank you for the way you love us. We love you. We praise you. We adore you. We do just ask for the fullness of your blessing to come down upon us. Father, we just ask for more, more intimacy, more openness. We just ask for you to clear out any obstacles that could keep us from you. We want to live from this place of relationship. We want to live from this place of intimacy so we could just be set on fire fire that just explodes into the world. We ask for the holy grace of simplicity, childlike simplicity, childlike trust, childlike like faith and confidence that we could just rest in your arms, rest in this place that we call home and relationship. And then that from this place, we would be sent out as your sons and daughters, as your evangelists. We claim this truth over all of our listeners and I bless everyone in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Go in peace, everybody. Amen. <laughs> Thanks be to God. Father Innocent, we are so excited to chat with you again. See you very soon. It's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye.